Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Brendan Hauser with Evoke Bike, the podcast-only edition. So we've got so many things going on with racing, training, athletes racing, people emailing in that I'm just not going to be able to make videos for everything. And while I was trying to hit up the YouTube folks and keep the videos going, we're going to have some that are just for the podcast. So I'll try and make those of you that usually watch YouTube uh, to be aware of these so you don't miss them. And these ones might be more of the bike radio edition where... It's me, maybe some guests at some point, talking about different topics. And in this one, I want to talk about motivation. I think the most important one that I should start with is crash avoidance and how to avoid a crash when someone overlaps your wheels. Rest weeks, a quick comment about the simulations and attack video that I posted about a week ago or so. What happens when you minimize your win? Nutrition, I know there's a lot going on today. Tapering. And maybe I'll stop there. We'll see how long we get. So the first thing that an athlete brought up when talking about motivation, if you're ever feeling like I'm not motivated, it's going to be really hard to make physical change. And I think I find it hard sometimes to remember I'm doing these training sessions to actually change things in my body. (laughs) There's not really much mailing it in. Even when I'm riding endurance, I want to be riding easy enough. I want to be continually pedaling. I want to be doing things that over time are going to change me as an athlete. In capitals, I have to remind myself, bring the motivation to make change. And obviously, I think it's much easier for us to remember that when we're going out and doing threshold intervals or VO2 max intervals because you might have some anxiety beforehand and you know like, okay, I got to really bring my A game today. But if you're just losing motivation overall, that's going to bleed into the workouts and ask, take a pause and ask yourself, hey, why am I doing this? What am I going after? You got to be motivated to want to get better or the training's not going to be fun. And at the end of the day, no matter whether you're going for a national championship or just trying to complete your first Grand Fondo, you want to be having fun doing that. Okay, crash avoidance. So an athlete was talking about, luckily this is at very slow speeds, and oftentimes the slow speed crashes can be the most awkward. Someone else in this group ride overlapped wheels with him, and it kind of just took him out and he fell over and landed on his elbow. And he's like, man, I was going super slow. Luckily it wasn't awkward, but I'm just scraped up and that's kind of annoying. So if you are unfamiliar with this, if you are moving at faster speed, let's say, and the technique is steering into someone's wheel. So if there's a rider on your right, as they move left and therefore into the right side of your front wheel, you want to actually lean into that front. You want to lean into that rear wheel to the right as opposed to the left. My natural tendency and thought and many other newer cyclists thought was if someone's coming from my right and they're coming over to their left, so into the right side of my front wheel, my brain would always think steer left. Once you make contact, and I don't someone can maybe shoot me an email. There's something with physics or once you make contact, if you pull away, you like instantly crash. It's crazy. That's when you see people go from up to dead on the ground, like a family guy fall. If you've ever seen that show, they, they're standing up and the next thing they're totally on the ground. What you want to do is as someone's coming into you, you lean into their wheel, don't break and just let them continue riding and you'll hear, it's not a great noise. But your wheels will literally rub, and as you're leaning over, once they get far enough in front of you that they are past your wheel, you're still up. It's 
a very weird feeling and honestly something that we practiced in Genesee Valley Cycling Club in the grass, how to rub wheels. That has saved me easily five times from crashes that could have been horrible, whether in training races, group rides. And it's, I mean, still, if you are in a group moving fast and sometimes you, I mean, I recommend you never take your eyes off of moving in front of you, but sometimes you got to look back if you're in a race real quickly and do it quickly. Someone's wheel can, can, can come over. And if you know how to rub wheels, it can save your day big time. Okay. Next thing, rest week, super quick note. I think one that I, I sometimes forget this. Um, the rest week remind ourselves that it's reducing physical and mental stress. When you're super busy, if there's a ride in there, maybe your coach has you do a couple sprints or a couple openers or maybe you lift or whatever. If there's a more serious ride during the day, do it when you have the time allotment for it. Otherwise, it just creates more stress. And this just very basic point came up when an athlete had a ride that he does some short sprints on a Wednesday, super jam day, and he was, he emailed me. He's like, Hey, do you mind if I move this? I just have 8 million things going on. I'm like, dude, it's a rest week. You need to don't even ride, go for a walk or try to like, you know, walk on a treadmill and do some work that you have to do, or, you know, try and combine the two things as best as you can. If you have no time to move around, then so be it. This is the week to take the day off, get all those other life things done and do it in the least stressful way possible. Okay, I put out a video of how to stick an attack. Uh, someone in the Discord today just was like, oh my God, I put that into effect today. I did one minute at 700 watts and then held over 400 and then died. And I was like, holy, holy crap, dude, What? <laughs> those are some megawatts. But what someone else had mentioned was that they came to cycling from another previous sport. And they had a deeper understanding of the sport they had been doing for a long time. And so what they called creativity within their training, you know, they understood their strengths, they understood their weaknesses, how does that play into different times of the season. And since they switched to cycling, and now getting into racing, they commented, I feel like my training has become just numbers oriented. I want to train to get a better understanding of riding that red line while imagining race situations. I feel like I'm pretty diligent and I do the intervals, but what you talked about on that video has helped me bridge some knowledge and changing my mindset in training. So I think the biggest thing that if you're not connecting the dots on this is that that video, I hope, has you thinking of cycling success, especially if you're getting into racing. Number one, we know is so much more than just watts and watts per kg. But it's also how do you apply this in a race? You know, the, the metrics I've talked about in WKO right now, my metrics, they look not great. And vanity wise, I'm like, ah, oh, I want to go fix that MFTP. And okay, I'm happy with the FRCs at, but oof, the VO2 max number's gone down one and did But I'm riding really well when I'm in groups and in races. So what am I worried about, right? You're not always putting out the efforts in a race that are going to change metrics in WKO. You might not always be getting the PRs that you get in training peaks. There was a podcast on the Velo News podcast and back in the day when, what was the host name? Chris was there and this was probably about two years ago and I want to say it was Mike Woods was on. They had some pro and he was talking about how 
when the pros come out in the winter in January and February, and especially in early season races, they are just absolutely smashing power PRs, but they could never like go race the tour or they couldn't go race a seven day stage race. They don't have the repeatability. They're like, we put out these megawatts, but that means nothing to racing. So just make sure that you're doing your intervals, but knowing that the intervals do not always mean success and that take the take the head out of the metric sometimes you need those weekend rides where you've got some group rides going on where you can practice your sprint against someone else when you can practice your attacking when you know that red line of what it's going to take to get away from people and then what it's going to take to stay away from people that's not really possible to do when you're on your own you can do the work that helps you get there but you still have to get there and if you want to get better at racing you need to have that experience and have those notches on your belt before you go to your big races. Speaking of races, had an athlete who just minimizes some wins. And in endurance sports, a lot of times it's all about stacking wins. This guy went from super pumped to basically saying his win didn't mean anything. And it was on Zwift. And he said, F yes to winning. Well, I know it's Zwift. But there are 20 other, 27 other people that wanted to win that day, and they didn't. I did. Man, that is so motivating. But then again, it was a tight sprint at the end because the pack got thinned down because we hit a ton of big watts just before. So I really only sprinted against five people. So it wasn't as massive at the end as I would have loved it to be. And I'm like, okay, let me recap this for you, man. So you guys gassed it so hard that Everyone got shelled except for five of you, and you won the sprint from that, and you're not stoked. How did you go from FES to winning to this isn't that big of a deal? Celebrate every win. And shout out to Todd Chesky, who was one of the fastest people in Rochester when I started riding as a Cat 5. And I remember getting a win somewhere. I can't remember where we were. And it was either an early season win or we were talking about the previous season we were riding to a March training race from the parking lot. Shout out G Tour. Shout out Spring Giros. And he said to me, man, just whatever you do, appreciate every win because you don't know when they're going to end. And at that point in time, I was like, whatever, dude. Like, you know, I hope I still keep winning. But he's right. And I think take it even further. Celebrate every little win. I still, still pat myself on the back when I have a great workout. It's like I don't expect any of that to happen. And... I hope you don't. I mean, I hope you are excited about the changes you're making as a cyclist and reminding yourself, hey, if you're three years into this, you still have so much growth. You are still just starting to peel the onion back. And the journey is amazing. So don't minimize your wins and your victories. Celebrate them. Don't get cocky with them. But, and, and you know, to that point, always remember there's 100,000 people faster than us, right? Maybe not 100,000, but there's a lot. And unless you are in the world tour, you still got some work to do. So, okay, this one, nutrition. I, I've highlighted this because it, it, it's so easy to screw up. This, the shortest comment ever. I never felt bad on the ride today. I ate really well and it helped a ton. And this is something with this athlete that we revisit very often is nutrition. You should never be bonking. If you're bonking, you're just screwing up basic math, right? I mean, it literally is. Did you count how many carbs you're bringing on this ride? Do you know how long the ride might be? Did you pack a little bit extra? Because guess what? 
you might be like, hey, I go well on 90 grams of carbs. And then one day your body's like, hey, I need 110. Hey, I need more. You know, if you've ever been on a ride and you stopped at a gas station, say hour three, hour four, and you got a Coke and some candy and whatever, and you felt great after that, you didn't eat enough. You're not eating enough. You're not fueling. That's your body saying, yo, I would actually perform better if you gave me more. If you consistently drip those carbs in at a higher rate, I promise you, you will be faster, you will recover better, and you will be a stronger rider. That stuff matters. So eat really well. It will help a ton and keep things going. Okay. I think the last one to round this out, someone was asking for some last second advice on a Fondo. The Fondo was in July and his plans call for a for the week he was in as a recovery week. And then that was the end of the build phase. And then they were going to go taper. The athlete asked, or should I add a little short intensity this week? So if it's not a goal event, number one, you don't really need to taper at all. You just need to freshen up, right? This athlete should finish the rest week that they're in. Don't cut a rest week short. You need to do the rest, especially if this is not an A event. Like even if you were a little stale and it was the next day, that's fine. But they have this whole other week afterwards. So I said, don't taper for it. Finish the rest week that you're in and then resume your normal training next week. Like what does your program have going forward with the adjustment that you can make when I say freshen up, adjust Thursday to a rest day. Friday can be an opener's ride, just a one-hour ride with a few little blips, say 20 to 30 seconds out of the saddle. You don't even need to look at power like, oh, hey, look, I'm kind of going hard, but you're not crushing yourself. You're not feeling burn. This way, they're going to be recovered from whatever they're normally doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but not completely docking the volume by doing a huge taper week, which will take away from their overall, overall improvement if they're doing that every time they have an event. So whichever path they go, good luck at the Fondo, but you you can get back into your training and that Thursday, Friday chiller rides would definitely help them out, especially because they just came off a rest week. So they should be feeling good anyways. Another thing we could talk about is you might be saying, well, what should I do that week? What's my normal training that week? You'd finish your rest week on the weekend. Maybe you do a harder ride, a group ride, an endurance ride, you're feeling back to normal, you take your rest day on Monday or an optional recovery ride, do your hard workout on Tuesday. Do, if you are working on group ride tactics, go do your hard group ride on Tuesday. Then make Wednesday just an endurance ride. And now you have Thursday off, Friday openers, you're ready to go crush. And then the Fondo is gonna be the other hard workout of the week. And then you have a hard, excuse me, an endurance ride on Sunday. And then you're back into your second week of training. So you didn't really miss much training. You didn't miss your hard workout on the first Tuesday of the block, which you're now going to maybe build from in the second week and third week. So should I do one more? I think I'll save the other one because it actually comes about from rest and want to talk about momentum. And then maybe we'll talk about end of season breaks next time. All right. Podcast only bike radio. Good luck with your training. Let's get it. If you're listening on Apple, please leave us a review. It helps. Just go click five stars. And if you can hit the plus sign to follow us on Spotify. And welcome to the YouTubers that have come over to the audio side. And be on the lookout for the next Velo Games that we post for the Vuelta. That will be super fun. Somebody's got to beat me. I can't believe I I just won my first fantasy game ever. We gave away a million dollars to me. Just kidding. 
But thank you to Jobo for the prizes. Thank you for Lactigo to the prizes. I'm going to try and get some more people in for the Vuelta. And we're doing that in the Discord. So make sure you join the Discord. That link is, I don't know, everywhere I post stuff. So let's get it. Thanks for listening.